Good morning once again, everybody. Good to be with you today. My name is Alan. I want to start off with a little bit of participation. Okay? It's beginning to look a lot like... You see this set that Karen Sorensen and her team have put together? This is pretty spectacular. And outside with all the things. Okay, so let me try this again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Much better. You went up 1.3 decibels from the first one. Awesome. Hey, so glad that you are all with us. I think we would all agree that 2020 has been a different kind of year, a different kind of year, something that we have never seen before. So starting next week, we are going to have a Christmas series leading up to Christmas Eve called A Different Kind of Christmas. And so that starts next week. But uh, this morning, I want to take one final opportunity to finish out our journal. We are on week 18, the final week of Part Red Purpose, this journey that we've been on for the past 18 weeks. And uh, this is the third journal that we've done. The th we've this is the third time we've uh, gone through this journey. And if you recall, the last uh, message in every one of these uh, journals, and it will be for the, all the journals that we, uh, we end up doing, the very last message, week 18, is always about the, the role of servant. We have uh, broken down this idea of, of realize your role in God's story. We, we want to help you understand um, what, the, what it means to have a role in God's story. So we've broken it down into nine essential roles. And the second last one is servant. Jesus said that, uh, he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And it, unless we think we are actually higher than Jesus, which is a bad place to think we might be, then, then we are in the place of serving as well. And so, again, I know that 2020 has been a year like no other, and, and so it is different in so many ways, and it has made it hard for some of you, especially those of you at home, uh, those of you who have been serving here as a part of our church, it's made it hard for you to serve in children's ministry and student ministry and hospitality. It's just different. I totally understand that. But that doesn't mean that we are exempt from this role as part of our journey with God. It doesn't mean we're exempt from that. Now, let me just tell you, this morning, I am not going to say anything profound. I know that comes as a huge surprise to some of you. But uh, I, I, today, I'm just going to be reminding you all of something you already know, something we already know. But sometimes we need to be reminded of even the simplest of things. That's where we're headed today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, I know that I need to be reminded of the simplest of things. I need to be reminded so, so, so often that you, you just love me. No matter what is going on, no matter what I do, no matter how afraid I might be, no matter how much I, I might feel like I'm getting ahead of you, you love me and you want relationship with me. And so, um, Father, today I pray that you would just inspire uh, something in us as, as you remind us of this role of being a servant, that you would enlighten something in us. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Well, today, with regard to this idea of being a servant, I just want to talk about finding a good fit, about us finding a good fit in terms of uh, the role of being a servant. It's one thing to be willing to serve, but it's a whole other thing to find your groove. You know what I'm saying? It's, a whole, it's one thing to say, yes, I'm willing to do it, but it's a whole other thing. I don't know what that was. It's, another, it's a whole other thing to actually find your groove. Have you ever felt like you, you know, had an experience where you went through hours and hours of something and you, you didn't even know that the hours had gone by, that the hours just slip away and see, where did the time go? Maybe you were on a mission trip somewhere and it was just a different setting and, and it was just whatever, your mind was in a different place, your heart was in a different place and just hours just zipped away. Maybe a whole day or a chunk of hours have gone away, uh, just zipped away, and you were doing something, and you just thought, I was born for this. When's the last time you've done that? Had an experience, you were part of something, you were used in the kingdom in a way that you just thought, I, I just love what I'm doing. Do you have something like that in your life? Do you have something that, that you would much rather be doing right now than sitting in a church service or watching online? Something else that you would much rather be doing? Okay, just maybe I shouldn't have said that. But, but I know there are things that we would, that we would love to do. And if, if, if not, do you wish you had? Do you wish you had something that you love to do that makes a difference in the lives of other people? That's what we're talking about here today. That's, the, that's the, the simple reminder that we're looking at here today. In order to do that, I want to take a look at one of the most known and familiar stories in all of Scripture. You may sit here and you haven't been in church for a long time or you're online and you might think, I know nothing about the Bible. You know this story. Perhaps the most known story in all of Scripture is the story of David and Goliath. We all know about David and Goliath. We know David was small and Goliath was big. We know David was the underdog and Goliath was the overdog, that there was a difference there. But we, we actually know a lot about David. And uh, so today we're going to look at, at 1 Samuel chapter 16 to, to learn some of the specifics about who David was, about, about, what, about his abilities, about how God created him to be. And as we do that, I invite you to engage yourself. As I said, it's going to have a little bit of participation here today. So I ask you to find something to, to write on or write with. If you, have, if you have a piece of paper with you or whatever, that's great. If not, you could do it digitally. Just use the note, uh, notes on your phone or write yourself an email, whatever. And I see, I can see you. So if you just ignore me, I can see you. So, so just go ahead and pull that out. At home, I encourage you, go get a piece of paper. Find something to write on. Just it'll at least give you something to do during the message. Okay, that's my little gift to you here today. All right? What I want you to do on the top of that page is write my abilities. Just write on there, my abilities. This is a picture of who you are, of who God has created you to be. And at any point while I'm talking, if something comes in your mind, just, just throw it on there. But I want to stir up what we see in the story of David to help us see that David had a certain set of abilities that became part of his role in the kingdom. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 16, halfway through verse 12. The story goes, he, David, was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. 
So that, that's an interesting start. In the story of David, they give a description of who David is. So what's a description of you? How would you, how, how would you describe yourself? And, just, and I'm talking about, you know, the best way to do this is to think about how others would describe you. Don't get so caught up in your, you know, overly critical view of yourself. Uh, I got big ears and my hair's too thin or whatever your thing might be. Don't go after that stuff. What would others say about you? What's a description of you? Go ahead and write any words that come to your mind. For me, as I thought about this, I would write, I'm tall. I'm 6'4". I'm, uh, if you haven't met me yet, I'm a little bit taller than, than some of you guess. Sometimes people meet me in the lobby and they go, I didn't know you were so tall. So I just, God just made me tall. I'm, I'm kind of fit, not all that strong, but kind of fit. And I'm ruggedly handsome. That's what I would have written for my thing. You got, you, 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 I can't turn this off, right? So, so you just got to be honest. Just go ahead and write it on, right? How, what has God made you to be? What is the description of who you are? Go ahead and keep on writing. Feel free to listen to me or not listen to me as I continue. Jump down to verse 18. Somebody writes this, says this about David. I have seen a son of Jesse. This is David. I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre, which is like a harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. Man, I just, I see myself so much in this guy. Okay, no, Uh, but once again, these are things, these are, this is more about his talents. It says he is a musician and he, um, and he is a warrior. And so just think about what are the talents that God has given you? What are the things that you are good at, perhaps uniquely good at? One of the things that might be helpful here is is for you to think about what, what does it seem surprising that others are not good at? Okay, you might not even think about things that you're good at as a talent because it's just like breathing for you. But if you, if you consistently look at other people and go, why, why do they struggle with direction so much? That doesn't make any sense to me. You might not even view that as a talent because you're just so good at it. What are some things you look at other people and you're surprised that they can't, they can't keep their house clean or they can't keep their car clean or whatever? What are things you look at others and it's just surprising that they can't take care of it? That's probably a God-given talent of yours. What are some of the, the talents that you bring to the table? Again, not... not who you hope to be, but who you actually are. What are the talents that God has given you? Uh, next, I want to jump to chapter 17 to verse 34. What happens is young David, he wants to convince the king to let him have a shot at Goliath. And so he kind of wants to give him his resume a little bit here. In uh, chapter 17, verse 34, David says to Saul, who's the king, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. This is an impressive resume. I would listen to this young man. Okay, here's a guy who's, this is, what, what he's doing is he's describing what he's done. Again, not what he hopes to do. He's saying, this is what I've actually done. This is, I, I'm, I'm telling you what actually has happened in the past. Not just what he hopes to do. I, I, 
most of you know this, I'm from Canada, I love hockey. Periodically I'll go to a hockey game and I haven't been to one you know, for a while, it's so, so sad. But, uh, but it seems like every time I go to a hockey game, no matter where I sit in the arena, there's a time during the game, usually during the warm-ups. I don't know why. It's usually when they're skating around and warming up and just kind of shooting on, where I just sit there, and whoever I'm with, I just sit there and I think, I wonder if it's too late. I wonder if my time has passed. I mean, sure, my age is a little on the way past, you know, possible thing. And sure, even when I was young and I was playing, I wasn't really that good. But I wonder if I have a chance there's a part of me that just thinks, I just wonder if God could give me some kind of ability and it would be this amazing uh, story that would be on the front page of Sports Illustrated. Old man, you know, whatever, uh, jumps in and plays professional hockey. See, I'm not talking about what you might hope or wish. I'm talking about what you've actually done. What, 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 what are things that you've actually done in your life? As I think about this, I would... I would uh, Oh, I didn't, I didn't do my thing on talents. If I was writing on the talents, just backing up on the talents thing, I would write um, uh, public speaking. I actually like public speaking. Most people don't like that, and uh, I, I like to do that. I like um, uh, laughter. I love laughing with people. That's a, it's a way that I love to connect with people, and I love trying new things. That's on the talent piece for me. On the, the things that I have done, as I was thinking about this and writing out my list, a couple things popped up. One is I used to write scripts for uh, plays and for uh, dramas and such. I, used to, I haven't done that in quite some time, but I used to really enjoy doing that kind of, that kind of thing. At a church I was at previously, I used to do that a fair amount. I, I, um, I like in my faith journey, I like stepping out of my comfort zone and taking a leap of faith. That, that, that whole journey of saying, God, I, I, I don't know what's in front of me, but I want, I want to trust you in, with this step of faith. Those are some great experiences and moments for me that have, that have been part of my journey with God. I have done that, and I've really enjoyed that. I've also worked through and continue to work through some addictive behaviors in my own life. So that's something that I've done. That's been a part of my story. As you think about your picture, your abilities, it doesn't all, all have to be the happy stuff. It doesn't all have to be the happy, happy, joy stuff because the things that you have done as a part of your life, the things that you have worked on and recovered and, and et cetera, that can absolutely be part of your story and how God's going to use you to make a difference in somebody else's life. So what have you written down there? What is the, what is the picture that you have painted? Just my abilities. This is who I am. It's a description of what others would say about me. It is... Uh, a list of talents that God has given me. And it is just a thinking back on things that I have done, things that God has done through me over the years. It's a picture of who I am. Okay, now I ask you at home, here in the room, if you would just draw a line. If, if you have a sheet of paper, draw a line. If you're writing it uh, uh, digitally, just do an enter, kind of set, create some space. And then put a new title, Passion. Put a new title for the, for the second section, passion. What are you passionate about? What makes your heart come alive? You. Not just what is important to God, but what, what has God made important to you? 
What are your passions in life? Over the next four minutes, I'm going to talk and try to unpack what this looks like and look at a little bit more of David's story. And at any time, just go ahead and write whatever comes to mind in terms of what you are passionate about. In the story of David and Goliath, David was 14 years old. He was a kid. He was 14 years old. The only reason he was even there is that he has older brothers and he was bringing them food because they were actual soldiers suited up in the Israelite army. And so he's there bringing food and he overhears Goliath who's who's talking trash about about his God. And he doesn't like it. It, In uh, Backing up to verse 26, chapter 17, verse 26, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I love that phrase. There's something, there's something meaty in that phrase. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And everyone else, is, including his brothers, are scared. The Israelite army is terrified. What do we do? What do we do? They're all scared. But David is not scared. You know what happens here. He takes his sling, picks up five smooth stones, And then jump to verse 45 in chapter 17. Remember, this is a 14-year-old kid. David says to the Philistine, the one that everyone on on the hillside is afraid of, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. (laughs) This is not a kid who is meek and insecure about his role in the story. It's awesome. So what are you passionate about? This is a guy who saw a giant who was talking trash about his God, and he said, I'm going to do something about it. It doesn't matter how big I am. What are you passionate about? What makes your heart come alive? What part of this broken world do you want to fix? What part do you see, and just every time you think about it or see it, you go, something has to be done about that. That drives me crazy. What part of this broken world do you want to fix? Maybe, may, maybe it is currently part of your job. Maybe that's why you're in your job. Maybe it's customer service. Maybe that's a passion of yours, that you, you truly believe that, that there should be good customer service because that is a way in our community that we can love on and care for other people. Fantastic. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's health care. It's not just your job. It, you are passionate about that. Maybe if, if you're um, an, an, an older person, 
Maybe it is, is trying to help young people understand that the word like does not need to be inserted every three or four words like when they're like talking. Maybe that's a real big passion of yours. Maybe if you're a young person, you want to help old people understand that, that, that you use the word like in a very new and creative way and that old people just need to understand that. Maybe you're passionate about that. What are you passionate about? Maybe you are passionate about men and women who are caught in addictions and are in such need of freedom. And they just have no idea how to get out of that. And you've been through that and you want to help with that. Maybe you're passionate about young girls who are caught in sex trafficking here in our city, here in our community, in other parts of the country, other parts of the world. Maybe you're passionate about racism. And this year has, has stirred up something in you and you say, we have to do something about that here in this church, here in this community, here in this city, that you are passionate about that and you just can't let it go. Maybe you're passionate about deteriorating families in our country, that we are moving further and further into, a, into a, an experience, a social experience that devalues marriage and devalues the commitment in family relationships. And you want to do something about that. You want to help. You want to help one couple, one family, one relationship between a parent and a child. What are you passionate about? What makes your heart come alive? See, the, the idea, I just want to remind you of this. You don't have to be passionate about everything. You can't be. You'll explode. But you have to be passionate about something. What part of this broken world do you want to fix? Maybe, maybe your heart used to be passionate, but right now as I'm talking, you, you, just, you just are reminded painfully that it has grown cold. Maybe somebody has said to you in the last few months or in the last year, just say, it just doesn't seem like your heart is in it. Maybe you used to be passionate about something. Maybe you, you, you're, you're trying to figure out what you are passionate about. Maybe you're trying to remind yourself what you used to be passionate about. Because I've found that passion is often pretty consistent over a lifetime. And so maybe there's something in you that has grown dormant, that needs to be reignited, maybe perhaps in a different way. What are you passionate about? Let me tell you, one thing about passion, this part, whatever you've written down, it has to be about people. It has to have something to do with people. I think it's great if you are passionate about woodworking. That's fantastic. But it has to be about how it has an impact on others, how it makes a difference in the lives of others. So for the past four minutes, have you, have you written anything down on that passion piece? Anything come to mind? Frederick Beekner is an American theologian. He's 94 years old, and some time back, he wrote this. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I think that's a beautiful way of saying that the, that the sweet spot is the intersection of your abilities, what, what God has put inside you, what God has made you to be, your, the description of who you are, what you have done, the talents that God's given you, and what you are passionate about. It's the intersection of those two things 
That's your role in the story. When those two things collide, combine, that's where you want to be. That's when the hours slip away. It's the combination of those things. It's the intersection. Because it's possible to have abilities and not be passionate about it. It's possible to have abilities and maybe you're no longer passionate about it. My daughter is at DV, a high schooler, and she loves math. No, she's good at math. She's actually, she doesn't love math. She's good at math. She actually has 101% grade in math. She wanted to make sure that I knew that. And as a person who, when I was a kid, I never, no, not me or anybody else ever had a grade higher than 100%. I don't understand this. It's, frankly, it's mathematically impossible to be better than perfect. But she has 101% in math. Yet when you ask her about math, she says, bleh, I hate math. She's good at it, but she hates it. That is not a sweet spot for her. That's ability, not passion. It's also possible to have an ability in an area that is not making a difference in the world, that is not addressing some kind of broken part of our world. Your prowess as a fantasy football player is not the sweet spot of your you realizing your role in God's story. Like I said before, it has to have to do with people. It has to interact with people. It has to make a difference in the lives of others. It does. And it's also possible to be passionate about something and not have God-given abilities. You might love to worship and sing your heart out to the Lord. And I believe with all my heart that your Father in heaven loves to hear your voice. So sing it out. Sing it out loud, as loud as you can, as loud as you want. But let me just tell you, for some of you, DeAndre is not going to give you a mic. <laughs> At least not the one that has batteries in it. And so, so, so sometimes it's, it's, it, it's, it's that, that it, you know, we can have the passion without the abilities there. The sweet spot is when we take the God-given abilities and the God-inspired passion and we find that, inter, that intersection. Are you experiencing that in life? Can you identify what that is in your life right now? Maybe maybe you're you're thinking, I I used to. I I know what that is. I know exactly what that is. I've, I've experienced that before, but you're not experiencing that now. It's been a very difficult year, as I said. It's difficult. For, for many of you, particularly at home, to engage with this. And, but, but let me just remind you, it, 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 this does not mean that we're exempt from our role as a servant. No matter, no matter how old you are, no matter what your collection of abilities and talents are, there is something that God wants you to do in the kingdom right now in terms of realizing your role. It is a combination of your abilities and passions. Who knows, for those of you at home, it might, it might mean that you, you're writing texts, writing emails, writing letters, you're, you're co- connecting with people, encouraging people in ways that while you take, continue to take care of yourself at home. In what way can you continue to be a servant for this next season of your life, whatever that might look like? Or maybe you get this, you totally get this, and you feel like you're close feel like it's just, it's just right around the corner. It's just one little decision. You're just right around the corner from experiencing this. Let me just tell you, I've often seen it not be a smooth journey to, to find that sweet spot. 
There are, the enemy does not want you to, to find that spot. And there are things that are going to get in your way that are going to be discouraging along the way. Young David, you can read it in the story, but, but his brothers who were, who were soldiers there, they, they wanted nothing to do with their kid brother coming in and doing anything about it. They actually said to him, you can read it. They said to him, why don't you go back and take care of the sheep? Let us men be the soldiers. That's my paraphrase. But it's basically in there. You know, the older brothers kind of dog it on the younger brother. It happens. When I was first graduating from seminary and I got my first full-time job in ministry, I was in Cincinnati, and I had a ministry where I was leading young adults, and we had a, we had a group that had assembled, and, and uh, uh, once a week I would do a little, little sermon, little message. It was my first kind of exploring of the whole idea of giving a sermon. And I was terrible. I was just terrible, just week after week after week. And my wife, my poor new wife, would just kind of say, it's okay, it's okay, okay, honey. You're still pretty good at math. You're, you can, we'll find something for you. And, you know, it's, finding that sweet spot, it can take a while. It can take a fair amount of work. Or maybe you're sitting here today and you see a list on the top that says abilities and a list on the second part that says passions, and you do not see any connection. You just, have, you just do not yet know how those can intersect. Well, we want to help. That's why, that's why we as a church want to invite you into meaningful opportunities to make a difference. That's, that is what we as a church can do. That's what we're here for. And we want to be able to help you connect with that as an option to help you find a role to serve others. In the video, uh, they talked about it just a few moments ago, this idea of we need help during Christmas time. So during the Christmas season, if you just text uh, ELF MPC to 480-470-1781, then that gets you in, into an opportunity. Just jump in one time and help us out of the Christmas season. If you're considering that, just, just do it right now. Just, just, just uh, text it in right now, and, and we'll get back to you and figure that out. Or if you want to go beyond the Christmas season, then you can go to mountainpark.org forward slash jump in. And that is available anytime for you to find. It'll give you a list of six different areas here in the church where you can just let, let us know that you're interested and we will do our best to find a place where you can serve in a meaningful way. You're never tied down to anything, but you just jump in and, and hopeful, hopefully the idea is that you enjoy it so much and you enjoy the people you're doing it with so much that it just turns into more of a, a longer term opportunity for you. Or you may... You know, this morning, as we hand out the outreach offering, we're going to take out the offering next Sunday. But this is a list of some of the things we're doing here in Phoenix and around the world. And if you, if you want to be a part of or know more about what, what your church is doing to make a difference in the lives of others, and you want to, you know, education is such an important thing. You, you learn about it, and you can, you can find out how that can fit with your passion and your abilities. But we have an area just outside these doors. If, you're, if you head out over to the left... It's an area called Make a Difference Center. And uh, one of our pastors, Greg, will be out there, and members from his team will be out there today. If you have any questions, you want to learn more about what we're doing as a church and how you could perhaps be part of it. I'm not asking you to, to do something that is, that is beyond your abilities. I'm not asking you to do something that is outside of your passions. I'm, I'm just excited about us finding more and more ways where, where you and I are living in that sweet spot, that intersection of our God-given abilities and our God-inspired passions.
I want to pray with you, and then we'll send you out. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I'm excited just standing here and looking out at, at your army assembled here. I am so thankful for the men and women who, who have been serving here for years and loving you and loving others through the roles that they have found. I'm so thankful for that. God, I pray for any here in this room who, who are open to being a servant here in your kingdom but are just not exactly sure how to do that. God, would you, would you blaze that trail? Would you help make that connection so that we can live in our sweet spot while we make a difference in the lives of others? I pray that you would give us clarity, give us boldness like David to just step out and say, this matters to me. I want to make a difference, God. Would you inspire us towards that, we pray. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, before you guys take off, I want to remind you that the prayer team is going to gather up front and they would love to meet with you and pray with you about anything that might be going on. We're so thankful you came today. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.